Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with the one and only Sam Chan. Sam is an author, speaker, founder, visionary, and leader of leaders who has a passion for equipping leaders with resources and helping others succeed. Today, he'll be discussing his newest book release, How Leaders Create Chaos, and Why They Should. So, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail podcast, where we talk about the art of leadership. I am so excited right now because we have the honor and privilege of having the one and only co-founder of Avail Leadership, Dr. Sam Chand. Sam, it's good to be here on the Avail podcast with you. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful and good to see you, Virgil. You do so much good stuff. You talk to so many people and God has used you so good. You're wired for this. You're natural. Thank you very, very much. Well, I feel honored and blessed to be a part of this team, uh, Sam, and I am so excited. I'm excited for all of our Avail audience because they're always leaning in. Every Tuesday, a new Avail podcast episode pops out with great leaders talking about great leadership skills, resources, life, leading well in church, leading well in ministry, in the marketplace, leading ourselves, leading our families. I'm excited, Sam. I'm excited. Uh, Today, we're going to be specifically talking about your newest baby, your newest book, How Leaders Create Chaos and Why They Should. But right before we jump into that conversation, I would just love for everybody to hear from you as co-founder of Avail, why does equipping leaders excite and impassion you? Well, I think that is God's plan. We are just doing, just following the dictates of Jesus. You know, he said, go into the, all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize, <laughs> grow the church. And you can't do that without leaders. Uh, you, you know, we found out in our centuries ago that a lot of people will get saved at uh, big crusades and so on and so forth. But if there's no leadership left behind to carry yeah. on. So what, is, what did Jesus do when he was on this planet? The first thing he did was to create his first cohort. Let's call them that. You know, <laughs> we, we call them the 12 disciples. Then let's call them his first leadership cohort. And for three, three and a half years, he poured himself into that. And because of uh, his uh, creating the leadership structure that he did and the way of thinking and the, and the values. Uh, we are here today. I mean, the church is here today because Jesus raised his cohort group mm-hmm. leadership. So I'm just trying to follow in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior. And I'm just all excited about the opportunity that we have. You have, I have to raise leaders worldwide. And who would have thought, but here we are, and I'm grateful. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. I am following Jesus just like you, but I'm also following your lead. And so many of us here that follow Avail are following great men and women that have been leading longer than us and uh, and doing a great job. Uh, Appreciate you, Sam, and excited to see how God is using you in this season of your life. And the new book is out. The new book is out. I know that this had been cooking in you. Uh, in, in the last year, in the last months, it's been cooking in you. Um, you had given me a few little comments about it along the journey. How leaders 
Create Chaos and Why They Should. Let me just mention the book is out, the study guide is out, and the masterclass videos are out. We'll talk about that a little bit ahead, but why don't we just open up with with why? Can you share with us? It always intrigues me, Sam, to to hear the story of how books kind of are birthed in in your heart and in your mind. Why this book? What's the heart behind it? So our mutual friend, Martijn van Tilburg, who's the CEO of our companies, uh, was speaking at a wedding. Actually, it was his son, Andrew's wedding. And you were there. That's uh, right. Andrew's wedding in Orlando. And we are in a uh, very, very unusual space. Uh, the wedding was in a, in a <laughs> parking deck, in a parking deck. You know, it was crazy, so, but it was beautiful. It was really good, and, and I'm really leaning into it. So the uh, Andrew and his wife Robin are sitting there in the middle. They had chairs all the way surrounding it, and I'm sitting on. You know, I'm sitting two, three rows back there, and Martin is speaking a blessing over his son and future daughter-in-law. And in course of that conversation, Martin starts saying things like. I did this and I did that. And, you know, I started seven churches and I was a missionary in South Africa and I came to America with nothing. And I started this company. I mean, he's talking about all of that. And when he started talking like that, all of a sudden my mind went to, you know, we all start off like that. Mm-hmm. We all start off with big vision. We all start off with uh, what I call a roar of a lion. Yeah, uh, we, 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 we start off uh, when we uh, plant a church, we're going to turn the world upside down. When we start a business, we're going to dominate the market. I mean, we, we, nobody starts out by saying, listen, I'm just going to be an average pastor with an average church, with an average mm. congregation, with average income, doing average missions. Nobody does that. Everybody's trying to be above and beyond. And as Martin was talking in the, in the, vid, uh, in the wedding, A thought came to me that all of us start like that, but then life happens. Mm. Situations happen. Uh, Distress happens. Scarcity happens. Uh, People push back on our ideas happen. Facilities don't materialize as quickly. And they start chipping away at the lion. And if I give a picture, what I start seeing in my head at that sitting at that wedding was that we start whatever you started, whoever's listening to me right now, mm-hmm. you started as a lion. But then life has a way of taming you. <laughs> and you become just an overgrown house cat. So instead of a roar, you have a meow. <laughs> so... What I did was I pulled up my my phone right then at the at the wedding. I pulled out my phone <laughs> and I started writing these ideas on my phone that ended up being this book. And the title of the book is, I think, says it all. And the title of the book is How Leaders Create Chaos and Why They wow. Should. Wow, I love that. I love, I love, you know, you 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 write at, right at the beginning of the book that that you believe that lions are the best metaphor for exemplary leadership with that illustration you just gave us. And as I think about people that I've seen, as I've heard stories and watch what's going on around me and even kind of evaluate myself, I can see that. I can see how we can start off like lions that are ready to take over, you know, take it over and go. Uh, and over time, because of the challenges that arise 
we can be tamed tamed down to uh to just an overgrown house cat now this this i don't remember, idea... remember that from my own life just like you you know uh-huh. i was 28 starting to pastor this church in a little town in rural michigan and i mean i went there just ready to charge <laughs> but then i went to my first board meeting <laughs> and got turned down for a five dollar a month proposal <laughs> and then I wanted to shift uh, the tenor of the service a little bit. And I got slapped down on that. And then I wanted to choose uh, some, uh, we call them choruses in those days, chorus. Uh-huh. The chorus was uh, what we call worship songs now. Uh, uh-huh. Basically songs that are not in the church hymnal. And, and we're in the overhead transparency. Now, many of you listening to me right now need to Google. You You really, you live an unfulfilled life unless you Google as to what an overhead transparency looks like. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting beat up on all of those things. And then pretty soon you learn, you know, uh, what not to do to keep the church folk happy. And I know many of you listening to me right now are saying to yourself, that's exactly where I'm at. That's exactly where I'm at. I was born to be a lion. Hmm. I was born to roar. I was born to dominate. A lion doesn't take sides. A lion takes over. When a lion shows up, everything else scatters. Uh Except other lions. And then even then, lions fight among themselves. So you were born to be a lion. And this book will help you discover... What happened and how can you can regain your role? <laughs> I like that. I like that. You know, I think a natural tendency that most human beings have, all of us leaders usually have, is a desire for stability. Because the idea is if things are stable, then nobody's rocking the boat, then we're safe, right? But in your book, your new book, you propose that leaders creating chaos really isn't a bad thing necessarily. And and so here's my question to you. How do leaders create chaos and how is that a good thing? Leaders cre- create chaos when picking up on what you just said, Virgil, when they lead people from the known to the unknown. Wow. From the certain to the uncertain. Now, that's very biblical. That's very biblical. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, you pick up any character, any character you want to pick up in the Bible. Mm-hmm. God is always moving people from the known to the unknown, mm-hmm. from the certain to the cert, uh, uncertain. uncertain. However, this, the way we are wired is we like to go from the unknown <laughs> to the known, from the uncertain to the certain. Yeah. So whenever you move people, even yourself, you know, the Bible is replete with examples which help us to understand That this Uh is nothing new. We are always uh, moving ourselves and people into the unknown. And here we are. Here we are talking about how do we how do we make peace with that? I think the first place you make peace with is yourself. Because if you have that tendency, which all of us do, all of us do, I do, you do, everybody does, to move from the uncertain to the certain. God is always going to be poking us to go the other way. <laughs> and the, uh, the other way is, you know, when God calls Abraham. And, and he doesn't give him any, any plans, does he? Actually, he calls mm-hmm. his dad, Terah, 
who then uh, settle in Ur. And then God comes to Abraham and says, okay, pick it up. Let's go. Where? I'll show you. Uh, uh, what will I be doing there? Just come with me. You're asking too many questions. <laughs> just, just stop asking questions and, and follow me. I mean, I mean, Moses, Moses, the great emancipator, the, the man who brought people, you know, the children of Israel out of I mean, did he not wreak havoc everywhere he went? Yep. Uh, I mean, I mean, I know the curses that God brought through Moses, and I know they got duplicated. But man, he just created havoc in mm-hmm. people's lives. And and you know, you, I tell you, who's my hero? John the Baptist. <laughs> I love John the Baptist. John the Baptist to his dying day didn't take any prisoners. Hmm. I mean, he came slapping folk upside the head. You know, <laughs> the, the Bible says he wore camel skin, has leather belt, ate locust and honey. And you can see his beard just full of locust parts and honey. <laughs> I mean, just the kind of worship leader you want in your platform, right? Uh, and, and, and his preaching, I mean, his preaching was, he was just a cousin preacher, wasn't he? He was a cousin preacher. I mean, I mean think about that. You generation of snakes, vipers. Uh, your daddy was a snake. Your granddaddy was a snake. And, and and what and they're coming to his church to listen to him preach at the at the River Jordan, and he's saying to them, "What are you doing here? I mean, I mean, what you came to look at me? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> Chaos. You're never going to amount to anything." He says, "You know, I mean, so he's my he's my hero, but it wasn't that. What did God do? Who did God send to prepare the way for His Son? A chaotic leader." Wow. So in that in that crucible of chaos, yeah, Jesus shows up. Mm. Huh? And I think once we understand that God, he dug up the earth, he got uh, all the Jewish leaders all riled up. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus, he didn't send his son to somebody who was a stable, consistent, well-liked, well-honored, alphabets behind his name, with, mm. you know, with with with, uh, with pedigree and well-known in the city with a nice office in the corner. No, mm. he sent him to a guy who was out in the wilderness, making noise, kicking people out of his church, <laughs> calling their mama names, and it was this guy. <laughs> That God used to introduce his son to. Now, wow. now think about that. Think about that. So yeah, it's all chaos. Yeah, out of chaos, God brings order. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. Um, so this is good because basically the statement that your book makes is this is nothing new. This issue of leaders creating chaos and that being a good thing, not necessarily a bad thing. This is nothing new. Now, now I want to kind of, I want you to bring some practical help. You're, you're a genius, Sam, at bringing practical leadership, help, resources, ideas, strategies to all of us leaders today, uh, whether it's, whether it's pastors who are pastoring a church, whether it's Christian leaders who are leading in ministry or in the marketplace. Uh, one of the implications from your book 
um, is that each time that you're considering a significant shift or a new ministry idea, you're potentially leading chaos. And then you talk about some helpful questions. What are, what are some important helpful questions to ask yourself when you're leading chaos in your organization. You don't want to miss this month at Avail, or any month for that matter. Why? Because each month, the Avail Online Leadership Series happens. A live call with leaders from around the world who have a passion for God and key leadership insights to impart to you. Interact with authors, pastors, and influencers from every industry. And the best part? It's free! To get registered right now, head over to theartofleadership.com. What are you waiting for? Well, thank you for asking me that helpful question right there. <laughs> so so uh, I have six questions, six questions. And, and each of those questions is just two words. So two words. So if you're driving, uh, don't write this down. Just listen to this again. <laughs> but if you're anywhere stationary, and if you're especially if you're sitting with your team right now, I'm hoping that you are actually not listening to this by yourself because, you know, mm-hmm. leadership is not a solo flight. You always take people with you. So hopefully you and your team are uh, watching this right now. So here are the six questions. Let me uh, lead through those and probably say no more than a minute, 40, 45 seconds on each one of them. First question is, what was? What was? This answers the question of the past. What was? What was it for you in 2019? What was? uh, Who were the people you were doing life with? What was? Uh, what, what are the things that you were successful at? What was? What are the things that you failed at? What was uh, the, the procedures and the policies that you used? What was the systems and the structures that helped you? What was your, your style of, uh, of uh, speaking? What was the people that you hung out with? So, so you always ask yourself starting a what was? Mm-hmm. Question number two, that is about the past. Question number two is what is? What mm-hmm. is? That is about the present. What is, what are your present opportunities? What are your present obstacles? Who are your present leaders like now? Let let me just uh, take 35 seconds and talk about opportunities and obstacles. Every Hmm. obstacle is pregnant with an opportunity. Uh, Let me break it down further for you. Everything you're going to buy today or ever in your life you've ever bought was a problem that got monetized. <laughs> so there was a time the only way I could talk to you and you could see me and hear me simultaneously is if I was in front of you right now. Mm-hmm. That was a problem. I couldn't be everywhere and you couldn't be everywhere. And that problem got solved. Voila, here we are. <laughs> uh-huh. The car that you drive, the house that you live in, the grocery store that you go to, uh, the pest control people who come to your house. (laughs) (laughs) Those pests were a problem and somebody monetized it. So your internet is a problem that got monetized. Your Zoom was a problem that got monetized. Uh, Your trains, planes, automobiles. I mean, everything that, everything you spent, the shirt I'm I'm wearing right Mm -hmm. now, was a problem that got monetized. So people who win in life, who are successful in life, are not people who spend a lot of time on the problem. They spend a lot of time on the solution because the world is owned by solution people. So whatever obstacle you have, 
you have an opportunity in there mm-hmm. or you have more than one opportunity in there. So what was the past? What is the present? What if? Mm-hmm. What if we did this? What if virtual was to interview people and drop uh, uh, values, laden, content-driven podcast mm-hmm. every Tuesday? What if we could uh, have a journal called Avail. What if we printed a book? What What if is about your imagination and is about the future? What if we did this? What if we did that? What if we started this? What, hey, how about this? What if we stop this? Hmm. That's a big what if. Because I can <laughs> tell you every time you stop something, you regain energy, you gr- regain momentum, you, you can redirect resources, you can redirect mm-hmm. attention and focus and time. You can redirect money and people. Because as sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, <laughs> you got to be asking yourself, what can we stop? So right. what if? that's about the future. Number four is even if, even is about the cost and, and commitment that is needed. Even if people leave me, even if I don't have the money, even if I don't know how to do that, even if I have to go outside my circles to get help, even if the cost and the commitment. Because mm. if you don't ask that question, that's what Jesus said. Every builder got to do what? Count the cost. Count the cost. Now, he didn't say that if you don't have it, don't do it. But you got to count the cost. Mm-hmm. So if you have a million dollar vision and you've got 10,000 in the bank, nothing wrong with that. It simply says you count the cost as a million dollars. That means... Now you got to raise $990,000. That's all you got to do is raise that. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, even if it's about the cost of what you're going to do, a lot of times leaders don't want their people to know what even if is. Hmm. Huh. Even if nobody goes with us, hmm. even if it takes longer than we thought. And what we think is, if we talk about the even if, we're going to discourage people. But that's how you get Gideon's army. Mm-hmm. That's how you whittle down the people who are going to do that. So question number one, what was the past? Question number two, what is the present? Question number two, three, what if the future? Question number four, even if mm-hmm. that is the cost. Question number five is... What now? So we've had the meeting. We made the decision. What now? You know why people hate meetings? Because nothing happens. (laughs) Because you talk about the same meeting week after week after week. And so people don't like. Now, people love going to meetings if they talk, they discuss, they decide, Mm -hmm. and they move on it. They Mm -hmm. come back to the next meeting and say, done this, done this process here so what now so if you're listening to me right now let me help you help you with just one simple question it's in a sentence form that'll help you move the needle on what now here it is who does what by when who is a person does what the task with clarity by when a deadline so you always want to have a person who is in charge you always want to have clarity about the task and you got to have a deadline. Don't ever say mm-hmm. ASAP. 
because as soon as possible, I found this my soon as possible is always going to be sooner than they're possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so question number five is what now? My favorite question is number six. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? That's the question of celebration. I mean, I mean, think about our lives, Virgil. Think about our lives. Generations past, you're not from United States of America. Me, I'm from India. So yours is generations past. Mine is I'm a fourth generation. Who knew that two brown people <laughs> <laughs> would be sitting here talking to thousands of people? I mean, who knew you'd have a church, one church, two languages in mind? Yep. I mean, who knew wow. that God would bring you out of the gospel music realm and you're still doing music, but you are pastoring <laughs> a great, amazing, growing church? Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. Who knew you would be leading one of the country's fastest growing podcasts? Wow. Who knew, who knew that Virgil Sierra would be talking to the who's who in the kingdom of God wow. on a regular basis. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew Sam Chand, an immigrant, would be writing books, would be traveling mm. all over the world, who'd be speaking to the greatest churches on this planet? Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. And I think we've got to say to ourselves that chaotic moment creates that who knew moment. Mm. So let me just give you the six questions and see what else you got for me this virtual question number one what was the past question number two what is the present question number three what uh what's the what, what if what if what if yeah that's a thank you you're listening uh, what <laughs> if thank you for rescuing me here what if that's the future question number four is even if the cost and the commitment needed Question number five is, what now? The plan. And question number six is my favorite. Who knew? I have a guess that almost everybody listening to us right now can look at their lives and be surprised themselves. You know, my wife and I, Brenda and I, we've been married for 44 years, ministry together, and at least once a week, at least once a week, Virgil, we look at each other and we say, who'd have thunk? <laughs> <laughs> we say this on a, every week, every week. Who'd have thunk? Mm. Who'd have thunk uh, that we'd be doing what we do at the level that we do it at? And so if you are listening to me right now, just look back on your life. And it's, it, it's such celebration, that gratefulness, that honor, that praise ought to break out wherever you are. Because you did not ever think you'd mm. be doing what you're doing, being where you are, with the people you're doing it, at the level you're doing it. Who knew? Mm. Celebrate. Who knew? I, 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 amen to that. It's unbelievable. I think I think every one of us can just sit back sometimes and say, who knew, who, who would have thought, who would have thought, Lord, you're using our lives. I love this. Virgil, we're we're Virgil, talking. Virgil, Virgil. I yes. think our listeners would love to get a 45 second little vignette of you giving a quick wrap up of where you started and where you are. Go. Okay. Who knew, who knew 
that my parents would move from Cartagena, Colombia to South Florida. I would be born in South Florida, first of my family to be born in the States. I would grow up. My parents become pastors of a church as I'm a kid. I grow up, eventually start dabbling on guitar like my dad, eventually start leading worship at my church. Then the Lord opens up the door for me to record some some CDs with my band Contagious, which goes internationally to Latin America. Who knew that we would be singing uh, at churches and stages that are that are blessed and and honored throughout all of Latin America and the states? And who knew I would succeed my father in taking over the lead of the church now vertical church Iglesia Vertical, one church, two languages? Who knew that I would meet Sam Chand in Bogota, Colombia, at a leaders pastors conference, and that that would lead to us partnering together to, to help leaders and that I would be here leading this podcast on avail. Who knew? I don't know. God is good. I think that testimony right there should inspire everybody listening to us right now. <laughs> Just whatever you're doing is preparing you for your next. Who knew? Go after hmm. it. Woo. What, one of the things you, you talk about a lot, Sam, and, and, and you, and you touch on it in this book as well is, hey, we're leaders that are leading chaos. And when you are leaders leading chaos, you need the right people, the right partners. What are some of those key characteristics? And I know that this is an area you love to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. So uh, I just use the word STAFF, S-T-A-F-F, as an acronym to give you the five qualities I look for who are <laughs> people with me. Number one is I want them to be strong. Number two, I want them to be teachable. Mm -hmm. Number three, I want them to be attentive. Number four, I want them to be firm. And number five, I want them to be faithful. S-T-A-F-F, strong, teachable, attentive, attentive, faithful, and firm. 30 seconds on each one of those. Strong. But strong people who can handle instruction and correction. Yes, who are not puny, who are not fragile, who don't get their feelings hurt easily, uh, that I don't have to fix it for them with five paragraphs. I can say what I need to say. I'm not talking about being arrogant and proud and obnoxious and rude yeah. and crude. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being able to walk up to somebody who, who takes care of my sound system and say to him, man, you're killing me. <laughs> uh, or, or, or my worship leader and say, man, that set did not flow with the message today at all. I sent you my message on Tuesday before your rehearsal telling you what I'm preaching about. It did not flow with it at all. Can you be more careful with that? With my greeter and usher about their attitude, their friendliness or lack of it. Hmm. I'm a, so strong. People can handle instruction correction. T is they are teachable. People who don't know it all, people who don't have hubris, people who are humble, mm. people who are still feeling like there's more to learn, teachable. Attentive are people who are watching you, paying attention to what's going on. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I just, I just, it just blows my mind how people can be in a, a church service, in a company, at a meeting, and just totally oblivious to what's going on around them. You want people who are attentive. For F stands for firm. That means 
This is our chosen direction. You cannot run me off. You cannot blow me away. You cannot betray me out of this. You cannot talk me out of this. You cannot gossip me out of this. You cannot face mm. me, uh, Facebook me out of this. You can Instagram me out of this. You can TikTok me out of this. <laughs> I am here. Because in, uh, as a chaotic leader, you want to be able to look around and say, who's still with me? Yeah. Who's still there? For and finally, I want people who are faithful. No, no, no. No, no, I'm not talking about faith in Jesus. I believe in that and that's supreme. That is supreme. Yeah. I'm talking about people who can follow me with faith in me. Yeah. And I've never understood. Let me talk to church folk for a minute. I have never understood how people can keep going to the same church Sunday after <laughs> Sunday and don't have faith in their own leader. Right. I mean, hey, listen, if you don't trust your pastor, if you don't have faith in your pastor, if you don't think your pastor is a man of God, woman of God, if you mm -hmm. don't feel like the word they are giving you is substantial to grow you and mature you into the presence of the Lord, go somewhere else. <laughs> why, do you, why do you want to get up every Sunday or weekend, whenever, however you do that, and go to a church under a pastor that you don't have faith in? I want people who are chaotic leaders with me to have faith in me. God has spoken to Sam. We're going to take this mountain. That's good. That's good staff. That's easy to remember. This is so helpful. And this is so practical. These are all little lessons. Hey, just a little tip for all you pastors and leaders out there. Just take each of these little subsections and use them in your next staff meeting to encourage, to challenge, to equip your team. I, that's what I do. That's what I do. So, so as we kind of get to the final stretch here, Sam, there, there's a question that I really want to ask. I'm asking it for me, but I think I'm asking it for a lot of leaders. Chapter six of your new book, right? You give leaders a strategy on pastoring the pushback, right? And, and that's hard sometimes when there's pushback on decisions you've made. Can you give us a little bit of strategy today? How do leaders handle it when their organization or people in the organization push back against their decisions, their leadership, and the momentum of the church? First of all, there will always be pushback. There's never a time you won't have pushback. Now, if you don't see pushback, I'd be more worried if I didn't see pushback because that tells me the pushback people have gone underground <laughs> and they become passive aggressive. Mm. They will show up down the road. Don't you worry. They will show up. <laughs> so you got to pastor the pushback. I'm going to give three uh, words that each start with the letter A. Number one, anticipate. Number two, appreciate. And number three, agree. Anticipate, appreciate, agree. Let's mm -hmm. go anticipate. You got to anticipate their questions. You got to ant anticipate their feedback. You have to anticipate which people are going to be with you, for you, against you, uh, in no man's land. You got you got to anticipate what mm -hmm. is coming around the the future. Your GPS anticipates traffic. Yep. And says to you, if you'll take the next exit, it's going to be a little longer, but it's going to be shorter. Hmm. It anticipates. I am so surprised, Virgil, how so many leaders jump into a chaotic moment and hmm. didn't take time to anticipate. Right. 
So that's one number one. Number two, appreciate. Appreciate. Appreciate people who bring you questions. Because their questions prepare you for the next battle. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, so don't be afraid of questions. In fact, invite questions because questions show interest. Someone says, so how are we going to do this, Pastor? So when mm-hmm. are you thinking about and what will it take and how much will it cost? And these are questions of interest. Yeah. That means that they are leaning into it. Now, they may be building up ammunition to come up against you with that. But if you <laughs> give them an answer, not an a- attitude, you'll be better off. Right. So, so appreciate that. And, and, and say to them, thank you so much for asking me these questions because these are the questions that help me to think through. And finally, number three is to agree. I would say to people, yep, I'm kind of concerned too. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do if this happens. Yep, I, I don't know the answer to that as well. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, you just agree because, I mean, you no need in you going out there acting Teflon. Like you have it all figured out and God is good and you are fine and everything's going to work out. I think you got to agree with people saying, hey, we're going to have some difficult days. In my book, uh, New Thinking, New Future, I talk about a concept called the muddy middle. Mm-hmm. In the muddy middle, I talk about you're going to go through this this time, this chaotic moment. Mm-hmm. And you got to agree with people saying, yeah, we're going to go through the difficult times. And... and well, what about this pastor? What about that pastor? Let me make a note of that because that's what I'll be praying about. I don't have the answer to that. So agree with people because agree means that you're creating empathy. You are because you can always agree with somebody walks up to me and says, Sam, that was the worst podcast I've ever heard. I can agree with them saying, you know something? You're right. There's a whole lot better stuff going on out there. I won't be wasting my time on me anyhow. <laughs> I mean, I can agree. I can, you know, someone says, yeah, you know, that sh- that shirt uh, that you bought, got on is not looking very good. You should have got a shirt like like Virgil's. It's got more contrast. <laughs> Yours doesn't. I said, you know something, you're right. Next time I do something like this, I'm going to make sure I have a shirt like Virgil's. <laughs> I'm ordered it hurt me to, <laughs> to, because there's, so, anybody says anything to me, I'm happy to agree with them. As long as they're willing to take the journey with me, I'm ready to agree. So uh, anticipate, appreciate, and agree. Yeah, that's good. What you just shared with us, it's it's almost, it almost, it's disarming. It almost disarms anybody who does have any negative intention, which not all of them do. Man, this is great. Hey, everybody, we're here talking to Dr. Sam Chan and his latest book, How Leaders Create Chaos and Why They Should. Before we get to some closing, comments uh from you sam i want to just ask uh um, if people want to connect with you uh, get resources from you and i'm not i I got it written down here do you know what's the best place to send them for this book yeah 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 i do samchandbook.com now let me tell you what you're gonna get for 19 dollars and a few pennies or maybe not even pennies 19 dollars i'm not sure about that virgil uh, for Uh about 19 dollars you will get the book the book you get a study guide right over Virgil's shoulder and you will get teaching videos called the master class so you will get the book teaching guide mm-hmm. and videos master class for 19 dollars 
So if you are a leader of any organization, uh, I would not do this by myself. I'd get my entire team, my entire staff, all of my all of my volunteers. And can I can I speak to lead leaders for a moment as to what this book will do for you? What this book will do for you is to position you so people understand the chaos you make, why you make your chaos, and why they should follow you as a chaotic leader. It'll make mm. life not easy for you, but it'll help them understand who you are. And if you can put this book in the hands of every one of your leaders, how leaders create chaos and why they should, and better than that, they can get the book, master, uh, teaching guide and master class for 19 bucks. You can't go wrong with that. So if you've got mm -hmm. 10 people on your executive team, tell each one of them to sign up by themselves. Have them pay the $19. I mean, you can do as a church as well, but let them mm -hmm. invest in themselves. Samchanbook.com. And I know it'll position you to be a strong leader creating chaos. Yes, sir. That's a no-brainer, everybody. Samchandbook.com. Remember to put a D on the end of samchandbook.com. And this is a special offer. We don't know how long it's going to be out there. So I recommend as soon as you hear this, go to that website. I also want to mention for more leadership resources and insights from, from Sam Chand, uh, you can also visit samchand.com. You can check out the Sam Chand Leadership Podcast. You can check them out on social media where there's posts coming out constantly uh, at Sam Chand Leadership. If you speak Spanish, Espanol like me, at Sam Chand Espanol. Uh, many ways to connect with Sam. I also want to mention before we get this last comment from you, Sam, the Avail Journal. The Avail Journal is some is a quarterly leadership journal that is packed with amazing leadership resources. If you are not yet subscribed, my question is, what are you waiting for? <laughs> the first year is on us. Availjournal.com. We will cover your first year. The, I would say the best leadership magazine out there right now. Great content, great leaders pouring into this. Uh, Sam, would you agree with that Avail Leadership oh, is the best? And uh, it, is, it is eclectic, five-color, glossy. And, and if you're listening to us internationally, you can get it on your digital. Yeah, beautiful. That's Phil Cook right there. Uh, so Eric Petrie, yeah. So, so you you going to you going to Courtney Macbeth? So uh, you just is a chock full. Uh, we just did a full issue celebrating seventy five years and legacy of John yeah. Maxwell. So yeah, availjournal.com. Uh, but if you're overseas, uh, we you can get it as well. Just on your digital guide, you can read the entire thing on your phone, your iPad, your 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 computer. And the first year is on us. First year is free. So that means four issues, free of charge. And that also signed you up for my Tuesdays with Sam Chan. Uh, every Tuesday, I do a two-minute video on leadership. Mm. Topic. You can just Google Tuesdays with Sam Chan. And it's all available to you. Thank you so much, Virgil. It's been a great afternoon, evening, morning, night. <laughs> this has been awesome. I'd love to close things off. I always like to close things off with some kind of inspiration, motivation, or encouragement. And you started this whole conversation off the inspiration with this book about, about kind of roaring like a lion and that metaphor for exemplary leadership. Um, can you just close us off with a final thought from your heart? Absolutely. I'm going to close it out from page 157. Subtitle is always a lion. 
as I mentioned, I love to watch shows about nature preserves in Africa. And I'm always fascinated by the behavior of lions. They're not called the king of the beast for nothing. The eye of every gazelle, every chimp, every wildebeest, every warthog, every buffalo, every elephant, and every bird are on them. Where are they? What are they doing? What havoc will they create next? I believe this is the nature of true leadership. Yes, I know this metaphor has limitations. I'm not advocating that you become a ferocious predator, but I am certainly pushing you to be bold and assertive, to make waves, to create chaos in ways that are supportive, productive, meaningful, kind, and honoring to God. Don't drift into being a house cat. And if you think you are one, get an infusion of lion DNA and roar again. <laughs> roar again. Roar again. Roar again. <laughs> hey, this is an encouragement to every leader out there. There's a lion inside of you, and we want to hear that lion roar with the help of God the Father guiding you along the journey and the help of great resources from leaders like Sam Chan and his book, How Leaders Create Chaos and Why They Should. Remember to get this, samchandbook.com. Sam, what a pleasure, what an honor. On behalf of the whole Avail team, which is part of your team, we just want to take another moment to tell you we honor you. We're thankful for your life and we love that you're pumping out jewels like this book. Thank you, Virgil, and you keep doing what you're doing. Keep roaring, keep roaring, keep roaring. Roar! Hey, everybody, I hope you are encouraged and challenged to roar with that lion that's inside of you. We love you here at Avail. We want to encourage you in this art that we call leadership. We hope you've gotten something out of this episode, and we hope you stay connected. Remember, every week there's a new episode on behalf of the Avail podcast. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, your host, right here on Avail, and can't wait to see you next time right here on the Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail Podcast with special guest Sam Chan. You can learn more about Sam by going to samchan.com and get this special offer for his new book at samchanbook.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast. <laughs>